Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Um, Hello. Before we, <laughs> we're going to have to have Mike introduce himself. Before we, again, I mean, not that you haven't been here before, but um, before we get going, I want to first uh, ask, beg, plead, remind um, everybody to go ahead and please, please, I'm hearing myself twice. Is that me? Is that on my end? Um, to please comment, join in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Please, please, please. We cannot do this without you. And we would love to hear from you. Um, so if you have any questions, if you have any feedback, input, anything you are thinking, please, please, please um, let us know. And hi, Jen. Good to see you. Jen is a little under the weather. That's why she's not with us today. But we have Mike here and Kyle. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves, then we can talk about what we're talking about. Hey, I'm Mike, Mike James, uh, one of the facilitators here with CLCI. I'm excited, as always, when I get to be on a live. So, uh, yeah, as Brooke said, just make sure you're involved. Let us know. Drop some feedback, questions in the chat, and I'm excited. Let's do it. Awesome. Kyle. <laughs> nice. I'm Kyle Rodriguez. I'm one of the uh, class technicians, so you might have seen me in one of the level one, level two classes helping out. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here live today too, and I'm uh, looking forward to uh, Jen's questions. I know, I'm excited for Jen's questions too, because I believe that she has questions all day. Um, <laughs> so what is our topic today, guys? Pain. Pain. How we came to bring the pain. <laughs> pain is weakness leaving the body. Is uh, it? Really? Maybe. No. Is it? <laughs> no. Is that... No, when you really think about it, it's not. Um, uh... Right. <laughs> pain can be motivating towards our goals, and we can utilize pain and suffering. I don't know about and suffering, though. When when we say pain, are we talking about purely physical pain or like... Well, we haven't pain? gotten that far yet, have we? I mean... Well, we're not far right now. I'm asking that question. Why don't we first define pain, and then maybe we'll get our answer, Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Do we need to define what pain is? I pain think yourself really hard right now. I really think we should define what pain is because like, everybody might have a different interpretation. So I think it's important to ask that question. So it's a noun. It's physical suffering or discomfort caused by illness or injury. Pain. So suffering. Thank is you, Kyle, for your definition. First Google search <laughs> that came up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mike, what is pain to you? Uh, for me, I, honestly, just to keep it simple, right, it's just something that you feel in a negative manner, physically, I would say. Does it have to be physical? No, not at all. Not at all. But just, you know, not getting into the layers of it, right, that first onset, I guess, that physical, but many times, actually, especially as where we're going with this live, it's not physical but that's to describe it if i was looking for a non-dictionary term or what it means to me i think that what's interesting i think is pain can it can it can begin either physically or maybe emotionally but it often has a way of trans transmuting transforming trans uh, itself into 
the physical, if it starts mental, mental, it probably might start to show itself physically. And if it starts physically, it often will show itself mentally as well. Um, so pain has the ability to cross the bounds, I think, of um, just being in a physical or emotional. If it, if it starts in one place, I think it often uh, moves into a secondary place in our in our definitely um, experience. Um, right, Jerome. Um, I don't know that I want to get too creative and out of the box with my definition. It's pretty much the same as Mike's, and I mean Kyle. He did get the Webster definition, I'm sure, but um, something that hurts to me, just uh, what comes to mind. Anything that hurts, I think. I associate pain more so um, emotionally, usually than physical. Maybe it's because I'm not running around and hurting myself like I was when I was a kid anymore. Um, most of the pain I get, if we're speaking about physical pain, is probably going to happen at the gym. Um, other than that, uh, again, when I think about pain, I, I associate it usually emotionally when I'm going to think about pain. Is, it's usually what I tie it to. Pain is stubbing your pinky toe when you're walking in the oh bed. Oh my god! <laughs> like That's when pain. you kick it really hard. Oh, oh, you feel that in your soul. Like, oh my goodness! <laughs> no sounds can come out. It's you know, it's the Peter Griffin. No sounds can come out. It's just the, <laughs> <sighs> I can't verbalize what's going on, but I know what I feel it's right just, now. Oh it's so deep. God. Yeah, it gets so deep, right? It's like core pain. Like, oh my God. Yes, I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs> and oh, adding on to what Jerome said, I, I think that's interesting. Like when, you, you know, you mentioned that when you, when you were a kid, I think a lot of times as we get older, just life experience and all that stuff, it does change to where now it's more of an emotional thing because of what we're dealing with as adults versus kids a lot of times as kids it was physical i fell off the slide i ran into something you know i slammed the door on my finger but as an adult is now we're dealing with all the things that come with, comes with being an adult and the decisions we make and it's just more emotional and mental pain over just that physical so when you said that i thought about that as well i yeah. think there's uh, oh yeah i'm sorry jerome i interrupted go no, I was just going to say, not to say I'm like a masochist or anything, but I think the older you get, you kind of get used to physical pain uh, to, to an extent, you know, unless something that's never happened to you before, that's drastic until that happens. Um, for the most part, even, okay, stubbing your toe, I don't think you ever get over that. But uh, for the most part, you know, you kind of bump your shoulder into something. Um, even if you are someone that's a regular at the gym, you kind of maybe, you, we'll speak about that, I'm sure, utilize it to your advantage. Um, maybe you don't even view it as pain anymore. It's just energizing to you. Um, but yeah, I think uh, emotional pain is something that comes in so many different forms that it's never something that you really can get used to. Oh, uh, well, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> um, because, so we're talking about pain and we're talking about it um, uh, us sort of adapting to it or getting more used to it as an adult. I think that there's another element to that too. I think that, that there might be an expectation for us as adults to be able to sort of handle our own pain. Like to be able to, as a kid, we're kind of like running to others too, but there's this kind of, I think as an adult, this like expectation of, you well, know, yeah. How often do you see an adult like, trip on the ground and scrape their knees and then start bawling their eyes out. I want to. 
Because I don't. <laughs> kids like express their pain very emotionally by bawling and crying their eyes out and seeking that like comfort for the pain. Mm, yeah. Um, whereas adults, you tend to handle the pain. You like we we've like been trained internalize it but i don't know maybe those kids got it right maybe they figured that something out though i'm in pain i need help (laughs) no no anthony i think there's a subtlety to the pain though like as an adult you tend to like categorize your pain and like worry about it in different levels like okay the pain at the gym this is like a sore pain this is good pain i should be okay with this oh there's a very sharp pain in my knee when i run at the gym I might need to go to the doctor for that, or I might need to be careful with what I'm doing because I might really injure myself. So there's a lot of subtlety to pain as you grow older and you start to notice what kinds of pains there are and how severe they are. So we've talked about all this in a physical realm. How does this apply in a mental health realm, to a mental pain realm, to a, you know? I'm thinking I'm thinking about like heartbreak. So I mean, uh, your first breakup might have been the hardest thing that you ever went through. You might have thought life was over. I'm never going to be loved. I'm never going to love again. And then maybe as you continue growing up and going through those experiences, you understand how to deal with loss or people that leave you and heartbreak might be a little bit more able to handle. It's still hard. It's always hard losing somebody in your life, but it's a little bit more um, copable. I think that's the right word. I, what's interesting is I have said this many times is when I am like feel that kind of I feel it emo- or physically too like when I when I, I understand why they say heartbreak because like I feel it like it's like when I'm that upset or anything it, there's a physical actual feeling in my chest in my um, that I get and it's it's an interesting physical manifestation of of my emotional state for sure. Um, which I think is true. I mean, if we just look at hormone levels and the way we breathe and the way we, you know, when we're upset, uh, how jumbled our, our thought processes can really mm, yeah. heavily affect um, how we are reacting in, in certain spaces. So now let's talk about the other flip side of this is the gain part for a minute. Um, and then we can maybe bring them together. So we're going to move into this space of gain I, I'm thinking of like the three-year-old that's screaming and crying because they stubbed their toe, right? As an adult, we, we, we but as a kid, we're going to let it out, right? <laughs> um, unless you're right. the kid that's just ignoring it and stubbing and running and just keep going. Like, it's not stopping me. Um, how, I mean, could you tell that kid, okay, wait, turn this into gain right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you could. It could always be a valuable learning lesson. Um, something that's, you know, you're still gonna, you're gonna be in pain there in that exact moment. But um, if you just sit on it and let it happen and don't do anything about it, then you're not really gaining anything because maybe the next time you run around to a situation similar, you go ahead and do this the exact same thing. But maybe next time, um, don't run around the corner like that. Maybe next time wear some shoes if you you know you're outside uh, playing with your friends. So, I could see that being the instance where maybe they could use that to their benefit or they can gain in that moment. I have a yeah, it's, it's kinda, kind of argument. Go ahead, Anthony. 
uh, I was going to give a, just an example of how pain is sometimes just not gain, and there's really nothing to gain from enduring it. Uh, my little cousin, I remember this one time when I was like maybe middle school or something like that, he like kicked a wall or kicked a cement block on accident somehow, hurt his foot really bad. And he was crying, complaining. This kid was always like a, he was kind of like a uh, go cry wolf kind of deal. And so my aunt and uncle were just like, oh, just like, just walk it off. You'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it. You're okay. And he's constantly crying about it and complaining about it. And after about a week, eventually they're like, oh, maybe we should take him to the hospital. And turned out he broke his toe. Um, no, he was fine. It was just his toe. Well, yeah, fine. (laughs) There are some points where just enduring the pain doesn't really get you anything. No, I when and how to articulate your pain. Every time I've broken a bone, uh, which I've done quite a few times, uh, it's always been my wrist, my hand, my foot, uh, weird appendages, (laughs) Um, and but I always would go like twenty-four hours like of it just in like throbbing before I finally get fed up and I go, okay, there's something really wrong here. I got to go see a doctor, but I would all, I always, for some reason, make myself suffer through that like 24 to 36 hour period just to see if it's going to get better or stay as it is. And then eventually I just get to the point where I'm like, no, no, this is, this is broken or something. And I end up going. Um, yeah. It, it made me think about, it made me think about that. It could be that happy medium, right? Because back to how we open right and anthony said that quote we always hear right pain uh pain is weakness leaving the body and we also hear no pain no gain but truly i've heard this said and i don't know when i i I was personal training i don't know if a client told me or it was something that just came up but pain is really that indicator light on your dashboard that there's a problem something's going on and it has to be addressed so that happy medium right of now moving from the pain to the gain is when that issue is addressed. So when you were a kid, you balled out, ah, either in that space, you wanted the emotional comfort of somebody running and saying, oh my God, you poor baby and you got a boo-boo. Let me, let me give you a Band-Aid. Let's clean it up. And you said, oh, you feel so much better. Even if it didn't hurt, just the emotion side of it, you calm down, right? But even now, where we talk about gain, it's now the, whatever that level is, spiritual, emotional, physical, where we now address what that pain was and we go to that what we get on the other side of that i think that's where that um bridge comes from the pain to the gain i absolutely love that analogy of it being like an indicator so there's uh there's a disorder that kids uh that that super rare work and the it's where people are born without the ability to feel pain and it's actually a very dangerous disorder because they don't have that alarm system so they don't know when they're putting their hand on a fire you know that that's hot and they end up burning themselves so bad that they it goes to the bone they end up you know doing things like when they're kids like chewing through their own teeth or 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 like where they i mean i've just horrible things where they've had one one girl had to have all of her teeth pulled as a kid because uh she would just bite and she had could feel no pain and so it's just this very it's a very important thing that's built into us and i think that's true for us both emotionally and physically i think we very obviously address it on the emotional side but i would say that the the feeling of phys- of emotional pain is equally an important indicator 
for us as well. Um, absolutely. So with that, with when we're talking th about pain and it being an indicator, let's bring in to what does that mean for coaches and coaching? It means you give a little kiss on the kneecap whenever your coach or whenever your clients get <laughs> a little band aid. <laughs> give them a little hug, a little kiss, a little band aid to make them feel better. I think the big part of that, as it applies to coaching, right? I think it's the awareness. And, you know, often, in like in class, I share with that in terms of the coaching space, that's the first step the awareness there, right? That if we go back to the analogy of the indicator light on your dashboard, what pain is, it's it's something flashing, telling you, okay, something here. That instant when physical, if we were to stay on the physical, when you stub your pinky toe or your toe on that corner, it's instantly, oh, you address it. So whether whatever the reaction is. So in the coaching space, it's really now leaning into it just a little bit of, okay, what what's happening? What's actually happening? Because before we have that awareness to say this is what's going on, we don't even know to figure out how to solve it, right? Or to get to the game point. We got to address first that there's something going on. Or we're in that space, what you just shared, Brooke, like we're, we're touching that hot stove and we can't even feel it. And just like hand is just, okay, you, you got to move your hand and notice that you're feeling something right here. Now we can address what we need to do to this outside circumstance or this state that we're in to move this to the solution. So in the coaching space, I think it's important to, as a coach, to actually see what's going on because I, I hear it. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, you, you just, you have that bruise on your knee. Mm, well, it happened because I got a weak Achilles. And as I was taking that step, I dipped a little bit. So <laughs> instead of us thinking that we know what it is, is really bringing awareness around what's going on. I think that's the first step um, to getting to that, that next, you know, that transition from that pain. I also want to add to maybe for our newer coaches, it might not be your job as a coach to relieve pain when it presents itself in a client. Um, I could see that sort of inclination where, a client talks about a pain point either they want to work on or pain that comes along with a goal they're working on and the coach sort of latches onto them and be like, okay, what can we do to work on that? That might not be your job. And sometimes, you know, that's okay. Um, you can address it and talk about it, um, but don't make it your goal to solve every single piece of suffering that your client has. Um, because sometimes it comes with the goal in mind so for example i had a i had i'll talk about kind of two different clients one on the more mental side more on the more physical side but um one client was a runner and she wanted to run to lose weight and we talked about how difficult and painful it was for her in the mornings to run but that was like the only time she could like actually do it because she had the time so I asked her, okay, is that a, a block that's preventing you from running? She's like, no, no, I'll still do it. It just sucks. I'm like, okay, uh, is that something you want to work on as far as managing it? She's like, no, maybe like just being okay with it. And so we didn't exactly solve her pain just because she was achy in the morning. We just, you know, 
found ways to encourage her to run more. On the opposite end of the spectrum, on the more mental side, someone wanted to leave their current business and go into a new business. And that was very painful. Or she anticipated that it was going to be painful because there's going to be less money and she doesn't know what she wants. There's like this mental distress going on. And so the conversation was just, do you want to work on these blocks or do you want to, what exactly do you want to work on in terms of your distress here? Um, so yeah, hitting the pain is not the most important thing when they talk about pain. Yes, but I think the, what a great, I mean, awesome examples of how it may come up, but I think there's a subtlety too, though, in this as well, that we, those are very obvious discussions of pain, but I think that we as coaches can maybe um, use pain as an indicator for us, the coach. And what I mean by that is, is by paying attention to subtle cues or subtle things that our clients say, we might be alerted to maybe things that are going on with them that they're not outwardly sharing that there may be pains that are not um fully in the forefront or maybe they haven't even fully realized or worked through that we can sort of begin to uncover as blocks towards their goals um and i think that pain can work as an indicator for us right uh as a coach as well with our clients um but that's I was going to say, uh, Anthony brings up a good example um, to be careful. Yes, I agree 100 percent with Brooke that pain can be an indicator, but also there is uh, subjectiveness to pain, I think, um, mm -hmm. kind of with Anthony, what he was mentioning, um, who was ru the runner, who she said, nah, you know, I don't really want to deal with it. We could use that as an initial indicator to say, let's work on this. She doesn't maybe want to work on that. So the fact that Anthony explored that with her and got to the point where you guys eventually could work to what you really came into the session for, I think is important. So that's always, you know, that just comes back to making sure that you're thoroughly asking questions and getting through to exactly what your client really wants to work on. What I want to respond to Brooke with about that, um, like seeing the signs of pain, um, I'm wondering how you do that accurately, because like even the most like strictly physical sense, like you can tell me you're an eight out of 10 on the pain scale. I don't know what that feels like. And if you don't say that and you're just feeling pain and maybe displaying signs of pain, I don't really know what so that feels like, how that feels like. So I think it, what I, when I say that, I think it's an alert for us to be able to ask around it. And when I'm saying subtle, what I mean is, we can look at our clients' faces and see in a moment that when they're speaking about something, they're excited about something or they're, it looks painful. The, like we can see they're, they're through their body language, intonation and other things that, that whatever they're talking about. And I'm not saying like it's causing, maybe it just seems like it's painful for them to do. Like, you know what I mean? Um, like when I'm not excited about something, it, I might not be saying I'm not excited, but it's something I have to do. That can become very obvious in the way that I approach it um, and the way I talk about it. Uh, it's not going to be something I'm thrilled to discuss or thrilled to delve into. So I think as a coach, what we can begin to do is ask when we see a client that's gone from uh, one state that is maybe positive uh, or, or, or gung-ho to something that's a lot more flat or something that's a lot more we instead of assigning that they're in pain we might see that as an indicator as a moment to ask hey i can i share an observation with you 
yes so while you're sharing about that point i noticed that you went from being very excited to looking far less so or you know or uh, something along those lines and that but that is uh, then they and it allows them to share but us as a coach i think that that it's an opportunity for us to be able to make those observations that, and, and sort of see oh wait there's a shift of energy here this does not seem like the client having fun and enjoying or what have you and and uh begin to sort of dig deeper and ask those deeper questions can i can i ask around that and if they're willing to go there those might be it might be an opportunity to um open doors i i if if of course always if the client is willing and uh it's where they want to go um i think yeah, that's definitely where- I, it- <laughs> That's that's absolutely. I mean, that's spot on because when we notice something, right, and it goes back to you were answering that question that Jen put in the chat. It's how do we bring that awareness around it, right? And that's it. It's the actually that um, analogy I made about the indicator light, right? Have you ever, you know, took a ride with someone where you say, you know, your tire pressure light is on, and they say, oh. <laughs> it's been there so long, maybe they're not even aware. So in the coaching space, when we do that, say, you know what, I just noticed, I don't know what happened right there, Brooke, but something changed when you were saying X, Y, Z. And when I reflected back, sometimes the client is like, oh, wow. I didn't even know <laughs> that my shoulders, I didn't even know I was looking down or I was looking. I didn't so even- I think the important step is what, as you were saying, Brooke, let them put in those adjectives or what it means now we can proceed like tell me what's going on here and it's, you know what wow you caught that i didn't even realize that you know i was frowning or whatever happened and so i think that's the biggest thing is we definitely want to bring awareness to it when we see it and also be prepared for if your client might respond with this is my oh that's just my thinking face you know, that's just my, right. and don't, don't like dig into that. And it's, oh, okay. Awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Or, you know, I mean, would not say awesome. Don't say awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You know, okay. All right. I just wanted to share the observation and make sure that we were under on the same page that I was understanding that I, that I knew what was going on. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, but I think it's okay for us to make those observations because those might be moments, but be prepared as a coach also for them, not at all to go the way you think they're going to go and be okay with that. (laughs) Don't bring your ego into it. Right. Um, Jen, I think asked us a question here. Uh, when the coach brings the pain to the client's awareness, the client is, triggered by it and rejects it what should the coach do Ooh. let it go, <laughs> let it go. They're, Breathe. They're something that's not a cue for you to keep digging although if you were like maybe a, a therapist or a psychotherapist i'd be like oh let's go deeper here that's not your job as a coach to pick at a scab that your client doesn't want to be picked at just let it go it's, yeah, this, this conversation reminds me of the uh, it's not about the nail video and she's talking about she's got a nail stuck in her forehead and she's complaining and he says, well, take the nail out. And she's like, it's not about the nail. And so she rejects him from showing that pain. And maybe it is a little bit something different that they'd rather talk about. It could be painful or not, but don't dig into problems that maybe you're not qualified or can't handle or they're not ready to handle. They're not ready to dive deep, deep into something that could be fresh still could be a new tendered wound if and if we continue with that metaphor if you decide to take the nail out yourself 
you know, the brain fluid might start to leak out of the hole. <laughs> right. So if it's not your job to treat a nail in the forehead, don't pull on it. Just let it Don't go. Don't put a nail in the forehead. <laughs> right. Work on something else that your client wants to work on. Let uh, the doctor do that. <laughs> um, and I think, but I think that's that's the especially for a new coach, right? Maybe the hardest thing to do is realize that it's not me, not mine. It's not my issue. And when I bring that to light, right, bring that awareness, tell me what's going on there. And as the example you gave, Brooke, like you know, it's just my thinking face, or you know, my shoulders drop. Oh, really? Oh, it's nothing to it. Okay. I still sent something and maybe I'll come back if it comes up. Okay. Well, now a little while ago, we talked about whatever that was. And as I reflect, as Lisa was sharing, as I reflect back, I bring that mirror up and say, okay, I'm noticing it again. Something's happening when you talk about this thing. But other than that, if they say that it's, oh, it's this or it's not that, or even if they're not ready, then me as the coach, then I got to take a moment to just breathe. And as Anthony said, the short and sweet, let it go. Cause I want to be where the client is. Cause that becomes about me, right? When I say, okay, well, it really, no, it is emotional. You look very upset right now. And I want to know why now I'm making it about me and it's not mine in the first place. I love that you said that I was uh, chopping at the bit to bring it back to that, that, that we got to, when you said meet the client where they're at, we have to be there with the, we are in that world is the world, the world we're in is the one the client is painting. And so we have to believe it. And it's not our job to tell them the way that they're painting it is incorrect or, or to tell them what they're painting is not right. We have to just be in there be a part of it and be uh 100% in the world they are creating and and be willing to go with them and and so i think if we if we rejected it right at that point uh it might do some serious damage as well with regard to rapport for your you and your client um and so you know the, one of the things that's interesting is we do have moments that we've talked about and it's something we even say in class so i would love to sort of talk about this where we go you are going to feel uncomfortable. There might be moments that this is uncomfortable. Talk to me about that. When we say that, or even in a coaching space, what, what, what do we mean by that? Or well, what there's, there's your comfort zone and then there's everything else that's outside the comfort zone. And the comfort zone is usually where most people want to be. They feel safe. This is what they know. And the uncomfort zone is what they don't know and what they're unfamiliar with. Not necessarily that it's painful because when you get out of your comfort zone, you might realize, oh, this is comfortable. I like this. This is now part of the comfort zone now. Um, there might be other times, though, where you're like, oh, no, this sucks. And this is definitely an a painful and uncomfortable experience um but you don't know because it's not in your comfort zone and that's why it's scary because there's that uncertain element to it and why is it scary because it's why is uncertainty scary because it could be dangerous it you don't know if it's dangerous or not because you haven't had the experience to inform you on that so you don't know until you actually go out there and do it. So my comfort zone is the four walls of my apartment. Um, and I have to 
if I want new experiences, I have to go outside of my metaphorical, you know, little box and experience new things. And that comes with uncertainty and dangers, but also good things. The potential uh, for pain, too. Yes. <laughs> I think we uh, talked about this a, a while ago, too, but being in control, I think when you're out of the comfort zone, you lose that sense of control of maybe where we're going or headed. Um, I myself, I think on the last live that I was on, found out that I am a control freak. And so sometimes when I do get into that uncomfort zone, I don't know where we're steering the conversation. I don't know if it's something I'm qualified to handle or talk about because I'm uncomfortable. But I think in those neutral or uncomfortable zones, you're getting into, you're building that rapport. You're getting into zones that maybe the client or customer is not into as well. And you're building your new bridges by doing this, being uncomfortable in the comfortable zone. And so, I'm just, oh, go ahead, Kyle. I, that was kind of where I was going with it was just, uh, yeah, that was kind of where I was going with it. I think, so I, I'm just gonna, it's very simple. I mean, I think all of our clients are really good at uh, remaining in their comfort zone or remaining in their discomfort. Like they're good at doing whatever it is they're doing. Uh, and, and change is always a little uncomfortable and often painful. Uh, it can be. And so it's kind of our job as a coach in many situations to work with our clients on, okay, well, let's, let's figure out what is going to, is going to, how we're going to get through this, how we're going to get you moving, get you out of whatever situation, get you doing what you're doing, get you and sort of begin to be able to use that pain or use, address it so that they can sort of become, be, get into motion and get moving. Um, when would we say something like very literally, let's make your pain, your gain. We're, one of the things we're really talking about is motivations in this too. And I think it's something we haven't fully addressed is this motivating factor. And the, and the, the fact that pain can be a motivator. What does that mean? The first step before even there's a coaching session most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, there is some painful motivator that causes a person to seek out a coach. They have to find a coach for some reason. They're trying to achieve something. And usually that what they're trying to achieve is fulfilling a lack or addressing a pain point of theirs. Um, I see this a lot of time in our lunch and learns and like the marketing stuff when people you know who they're what kind of client they're looking for it's somebody with a pain point that needs to be addressed uh, i will tell you in every marketing class if you've ever been in a market one of the first things they'll always go through is pain points pain points are going to come up at some point mm -hmm. <laughs> um and yeah and... that go ahead oh, Mike. Go ahead, Brooke, i'm sorry no 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 okay. just that question around like the motivator right it's it's that thing that makes you, when you tap into that pain, you realize, like Anthony said, that motivating factor, something made you reach out to a coach. You know, I want to run, right? I want to run to lose weight, but I have this pain or I have this thing going on or that back to what we just finished talking about, that fear of the unknown or uncertainty. So if, if things are in the comfort zone where we're ruminating, maybe, if the possibility or that thing we need, the goal is outside of that, then of course, 
in that space now we want to tap into more of that motivating factor of because that's why we we all we talk about often tapping into the perceived need right you know what it is if you hold on to this if nothing changed what happens or if you let go or at least maybe halfway open up my hand maybe i'm not ready to fully relinquish it yet but maybe if i just open up a little bit now I can start to see what's on the other side of this pain or this thing I'm dealing with. That's going to motivate me even more. And so I think the biggest drive or motivation from it, and even in personal experience, physical pain was I'm getting tired of feeling this pain. And I know that now if I don't do anything different, the pain is not going to be any different. And that's not good because I'm tired of being at the top of this pain scale. So the motivating motivating factor for me to keep pushing through this pain is, well, every time, well, if they say exercise is the right thing for me to do, I know every time I exercise, it hurts more. Oh, wait a minute. Two months later, that pain is a little less now. Wow. Now I can actually cross my leg, you know, this broken limb that I have. Now I can actually cross my leg or do some things that I haven't been able to do since prior to the accident or whatever this is happening. So that's that motivating factor. It really gives you that energy and it's that snowball effect. I I lean into the pain a little more. Oh, this is different. Now I want to do more. And so I think that's how we can switch it as well and how we can help our clients like really see the benefit versus, you know, the holding on versus tapping into it and getting past that. What's, what's going to motivate them moving forward on their journey. I think that one of the things that you um, brought up, I think is really something that is critical and it might be something critical to, I think it's critical for coaches to keep in mind uh, with their clients and when working with their clients and working on goals And that's um, a concept of sort of short-term gratification versus long-term gratification, right? So in the short-term, in the interim, in the beginning moment, there's a lot of things we can do to alleviate pain quickly and and alleviate, you know, uh, maybe solve it. I mean, in a very literal sense, maybe it's take a painkiller, maybe it's, but ultimately taking Advil is not treating what the the bigger issue is, right? And so this is a metaphor here, right? Taking Tylenol isn't going to solve the initial problem of what's causing the pain. So that's, it might help in the short term, but what's really critical is looking at that long term, right? What long term is gonna, is gonna, what in, what in two months, in three months, in six months, where it's gonna stick, can we do that might be painful, that might suck, that might be cause all these things, but ultimately that's six months out bam, that's, that's where it's going to be awesome. Right. Or one year. And so it's keeping that focus and that, uh, on that long-term goal is what Mike brought and that long-term gratification. And that's why emotional relevance, I think is so critical in this because we have to know emotionally where I'm going to, our clients, they have to know where they're going to be in those emotional outcomes and how their life is going to change so that they can get through the little these pain points, these things at, that might be painful along the way to get to where it is that they want to go. But it's that long-term focus is so critical. And, and Mike, you brought that up. Like I might be in pain, but that two months, look at that overall, it's getting better and overall it's getting. And so, but it's, I think we as humans can get so mired in the, well, I just want the, the quick fix. Mm, yeah. I want it to go away now. Uh-huh. What I can I do yeah. for this to go away? 
and when I was a train, when I was a per full-time personal trainer, one of the first questions I used to ask was whatever you're trying to fix, right? Or, or people would come with a, a lofty goal. You know, I want to lose 50 pounds by my son's wedding or my daughter's wedding, right? And I, I always would ask the question, how long have you been carrying that excess 50 pounds? True story. When did it happen? Yeah. You know, it's been a, it's been a 25 year journey, Mike, of just not being as active or whatever that is. And like you say, we want the fix now. Well, this it. thing is happening in three months. <laughs> it's happening right? in three months. What can you do to fix this? It's like, okay, that's fine. Now let's be realistic and talk about what we're going to do. Th that's where it goes back to what you said, Brooke. This can probably be uncomfortable, but let's be realistic for a moment and think about what's feasible for you to do. What small changes can you make now to reach that ultimate goal? Because right now, it's going to be more painful when you focus on the fact that you want it now before even doing the work to start to peel back the layers because there's always an issue behind just, oh, this problem, right? And that's why I always ask that question because I begin to shine the light on, you know what? I've been making poor choices for the last 25 years and it's got me to this point, but now I want to change in six months. And I okay. think that's also, I mean, what you bring up is a brilliant point and I'm, I'm applying it to my personal uh, life, of course, because we all do this, right? We run it through our personal filters. But in January, I set the goal of, of just really focusing on my health and really getting my, myself into better shape and just doing what I needed to. By April, I was getting frustrated because I felt like I wasn't seeing the results I wanted, right? Four months in, but did it was just about, I just kept at it. Right. And, and now I'm, I'm, 10 months 11 months in and i'm seeing the result the results are happening right and it's and now that's a whole other level of motivation um but i i what i did that worked for me was there were micro points like i've had micro sort of goal micro victories along the way that kept me going um and uh that was so critical. And, and so that, that brings in, if we take that to a coaching session, right? Each one of those coaching sessions is that could be a micro goal, a micro moment. I'm like, what's the goal for this session? Okay. Boom. What's going to happen through this week. And all of this is working to the overarching goal, but all of these successes along the way will be the motivation for the big one too. Um, and, and I think that's really, really very critical, uh, along the way. Um, Jen asked a really good question. We're going to yeah, have a very sure. good question. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's one of those where we can easily ignore it, right? Like not tapping into the pain of nothing changing or, or not switching up the opposites game is what I call it in coaching and not doing that. Sometimes ignoring that because sometimes even that can be a little challenge for us as the coach, like, Oh, okay. Well now to kind of push them into more into this, um, outside of that comfort zone when they're telling you everything, but they're saying everything except I need this to happen. So don't let up right now. I think sometimes we can miss an important opportunity if we don't just ask that simple question of what if nothing changes for you? What happens then? That may bring them a little bit. That may make them lean into or acknowledge that pain a little bit more. It can be even more painful but it can be important sometimes because now I want them to see what's going on, how it's happening, and what is, back to what I said, that benefit of if nothing changed, what, what's taking place there? Now when we turn the table, that motivator comes back up, right? Like, yeah, 
well, thank you, Brooke, for bringing that to light. Now that I thought about it, nothing changes. Now I know I want to change. Okay, let's do it. And it goes back to what Brian uh, shared too. Like I stopped for a moment, but then that it's like that stoplight. But then when the, when the green light or that light changes, it's go time. So now I'm comfortable. Let's let's. I'm ready to go through the pain of this process. Three six months a year. Brooke, in your case, eleven months. Now I have something. I have, I'm get tapping into that reward. I feel that emotional, that physical change. So I think a lot of times that question that Jen dropped, it can be a space of kind of not necessarily literally dropping the ball, but it can be a missed opportunity for coaches. And sometimes it's us that we're uncomfortable really tapping into that space. And I think it can be really important for the client if we do. Mike, do you ever think that it's a uh, a point where you could be challenging the person you're working with by bringing out, like, what if you can't do it? Bringing, bringing in the opposite. Do they ever feel like, oh, well, you're challenging me and I feel like attacked almost? Like, I can't make those goals or if I can't, that, that's how it's looking or appearing by, by tapping into that opposite? Or do you always think that it's a missed opportunity? by at least acknowledging what happens if they can't do it. No, it could be. It definitely could be, right? It could be that that feel of that challenge. And so going back to remembering that it's not me, not me, not mine, not my issue. If that happens, then okay, let's address that. What's coming up now in that space? Because sometimes the challenge helps, but it's it's a person-to-person basis. I've to this point, I've never had where a client came out and said, well, well, why did you ask me that? You know, we talk about the importance of when to use why. I've never had that come up of, you know, well, that feels like an attack on me or challenge to me. But I've had times where a client pause and I, I leave that pause where they say, hmm, it's almost that no one's ever asking me that or I've never asked myself that. So it could be, and I would say, when you notice that, going back to that rapport that you build with that client, when you notice that it felt challenging, then maybe I'm going to navigate it a little bit different the next time, but it definitely can be that case where it can feel like a challenge, um, but sometimes it may be the very thing that's needed. It's something like I definitely right. done in some of my sessions before where the what they're hoping for as a result, there's a lot of factors outside of their control that they're trying to influence. And so I'll, I've asked them, okay, so what will happen? What will you do if this succeeds? Okay, we'll have that conversation. What will you do and what will happen if this doesn't succeed or doesn't go the way you intended? And then we have that conversation because most of the time, it seems that there are definitely factors outside of the client's control that can affect their goals and situations. Um, yeah. The more stuff that is directly in their control i tend not to ask that i just take their word okay you're going to do what you said you're going to do and then we'll talk about it the next session or something I, like that i think too but wait to mike's point there's a very uh, is sort of doing that exploration what's the worst that can happen what is the most painful possible outcome here right what is the best that can happen what is the best possible outcome okay well if, <laughs> if the worst possible most painful outcome happens how do you maneuver through that right but then i to mike's point one of the amazing things that maybe we don't think of as coaches is we're giving them the best and the worst of if they do adding that well what's the worst that can happen if you do nothing 
um, is another piece that maybe we often don't think of, but that's sort of where I think a lot of our clients are. They're coming to us because they're in that state of, I'm not moving, I'm not doing. So what, what's, what happens if you continue to do nothing? What's the best yeah, outcome that, of doing nothing? What's the worst outcome of doing nothing? And I think that right. that's another way to look at it, honestly. Yes, it's like exploring all those options, right? And even what Lisa just shared, right? Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the other way. Maybe it's not the home run. Maybe it's second base that's going to get us to that next step in our journey. And we yep. may have to hang out there for a year or whatever. That's okay because it's life, right? So even in that space where you talk about, you may bring, you may encounter as a coach, you may encounter you do the worst case scenario, right, of the now, if nothing changes. And then when you get there, and both of them seem a little cloudy. It, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't like this, but I just don't think I can do that thing, right, the finish line. In that space, what's halfway point? What's a halfway point? What can you do? So it's really just kind of, as I always share in class, like it's that subtle dance, right, of the of the coaching and that conversation in the coaching session that you're having with your client of really just responding if, if the client was the leader in that dance, right, that we're doing, responding to what that step, that move, that last thing they said. So, okay, that's that's okay. What's the halfway point maybe? What happens when we do have some of these obstacles that comes up halfway? And that's okay as well. So that's the important thing, just really shining a light on all possible <laughs> outcomes, right, or, or options for the client. And I think that's where we really can empower the client, even though it takes a little bit of slowing down for us to pick up on those things. I think that really creates a client that now they start to be more empowered and the sessions change. Yeah, I think... Also, too, uh, one of the things we were ta we've we talk about too in this space is is with pain, regard to pain. Um, I think as a coach, what we need to do also is always allow for our clients to to feel it, to go through it, give them the space if that's what they need, right? Uh, and then, but we should never uh, brush it away. If somebody's crying with something we teach, right? We we don't necessarily hand them a tissue, right? We don't necessarily, we just give them the space to feel what it is they're feeling and not give it a label. And I think that's really important too in this. Um, the other uh, thing that that we were, I was I was thinking as you were sharing, Mike, in this is, um, but Jen's question threw me off completely. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why would you do threw that, me off Jen? Why would you do that? But when you <laughs> you have a client you've been working with for a while or you have a client that is scared to do something because they are worried about a painful outcome it, it, it there is an opportunity for us to sort of in this moment ask about other painful outcomes and the client having made it through and how did you make make it through that right there is an opportunity for us to do that to utilize uh success that our previous successes our clients have had in painful situations to uh up or act as a, a sort of reassurance without us reassuring as coaches that they are in, that where they can find tap into that internal reassurance oh i did do that oh i did get through that i am okay today and i did experience that so i know I can do this and it, it, that the, the successes they've had through pain might serve as a way to even better, I guess, support 
support them taking painful steps forward. Um, do Jen, why would you ask that? <laughs> <laughs> you should round table it. Round table that. <laughs> um, so we're almost before done. We so do we're that, gonna, we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> before we right. do that, though, and wrap it up, one of the things Brian shared something in the uh, chat from coming from YouTube. What would progress look like for you today? Questions. Could you ask those questions? What would progress look like for you today? And then um what would it look like for you this week next week that's that's open and so for that just for to answer brian's question sure because both of those are open-ended questions you know of course one at a time but yeah what would it look like for you next week if you really have a client that's really stuck in the space of now in the the finish line maybe it's a two-year goal a long-term goal maybe that would be awesome what does it look like if for you progress in six months from now so i just wanted to um answer that Um, absolutely. So I don't think we should, well, what is the most painful thing we've endured? That's, that's, uh, that's just, rough. Let's just go with physical pain, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share, I'll, sh I'll start it off really quick. And I, I dropped it in our, you know, our chat for me, one of the physical pain, not emotional and stuff like that, but the most physical pain I endured was 2017, a motorcycle accident. And when we talk about pain to motivating, that was motivating factor for me at the time I was a full-time personal trainer. So to be up and down on my feet all day, telling people how to move and not being able to walk, that was a strong motivator. One of the most painful things I endured and Brooke, as you shared, you know, you broken many bones. I didn't until March 12th, 2017. And all of a sudden it was multiple. So I didn't know what that was I always been a strong, healthy person. So that was for me, um, really a big, painful most painful point in my life but also one of the greatest motivators that gives me the energy in the mic that you see today yep and that i mean that's really when we move through it that's that's why being in pain means growth um typically if we if we handle it correctly uh all right keep going guys um it's pain so versatile you know there can be like a very acute type of pain yeah. or something that's prolonged um if we're speaking physically, uh, I think just what sticks out to me the most is probably breaking my wrist. Um, I couldn't sleep for about 48 hours, legitimately couldn't, um, until I could actually get in and have the doctors kind of realign my hand and put it back over my bone. And still, even after that, it was it was horrible. Um, if we're speaking physical, we're not going anymore. We don't have enough time for emotional right now. So. <laughs> right, that's a whole nother lie. <laughs> That was, yeah, that's a deep dive. Uh, I am a tomboy and I have uh, a tomboy who recklessly throws herself into ridiculous things. So I have broken many a bone. I also had a weird disease that caused me to have my knee replaced. Um, I was almost murdered. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I also more recently have been trying to figure out why I've been experiencing some crazy pain. Um, pain has been an outstanding motivator in my life. I will say that pain helped me to change the entire way I live because of pain in my body and lower back and it affecting the way I walked and affecting the way I lived. And um, it absolutely has because it's 
you don't want to live like that anymore. You realize because the pain's getting worse that if you keep going the way you're going, it's just going to get worse. And so you start to go, okay, things got to change. So, but has that stopped me from still being a tomboy? Not 100%, but I've gone at least like eight years without breaking a bone. So I win in that department, but I don't know, maybe not. Maybe I'm doing less exciting things. I first broke, I broke my first bone by jumping off the back of a moving truck and riding the, um, the, the door down um, because the guys have been doing it all day and if they could do it, I could do it. So I did it, but then I, I slammed my, I put my hand down first and the door came down and it broke all the bones in my right hand. And that sucked because I couldn't write. And then I broke again, my wrist. And then I was in an elbow cast like this. I was literally like this, like where you, it, I was a cartoon. Like I was that, that guy in every comedy movie for, it was ridiculous. So yeah. That's the guy with the broken bones. From the guy with the broken bones has gotten you. So that because otherwise if it hangs down all the blood rushes and it sucks so you're like always trying to keep your arm up it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> kyle that is nothing in my life more painful than what you just described bro that was tough. <laughs> right. oh, no. Having my knee, I had my knee replaced and I fell in the shower like right afterwards. Oh, and that God. was acute pain like I have never felt in my life. Like <laughs> so I would say I would say for me, I have not thankfully knock on wood, not gone through serious accidents, breaking bones. I've had a pretty uh, blessed body, but I recall mentally looking in the mirror a couple of years back and just being disgusted about how I looked. It was just me. Nobody told me. Nobody was like, gosh, Kyle, you're too skinny, too fat. No one said that to me. I never heard that. But I was disappointed in how I looked. And I, I remember looking at myself in the next week or so, just rechanging my whole uh, routine, really getting into the gym, eating appropriately, checking out research of what you should be eating, not eating supplements. And since then, my life has changed. I'm very frequently in the routine of going to the gym, staying healthy, cooking responsibly, not going to fast foods. And it was just because of that one painful night of looking at myself and not being happy. And I wanted to turn that and change that. And so now I feel like I've gained because I'm constantly progressing into something what I, I want there's no end result but at least I'm not looking back and saying I'm at this body figure that I didn't like I will tell you as a woman uh every once a month usually the day before her period every woman looks at herself and is disgusted <laughs> but it is 100% because of hormones <laughs> And you just learn as a woman to, okay, wait, and give it a few days and it'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome though, Kyle. Amazing that you were able to make those changes too. Um, probably the control freak in you doing you some favors there. <laughs> Could be. Um, Jerome, did you, you? Yeah, I went with, um, Jerome went. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anthony Anthony, Anthony gone. didn't Anthony share. Anthony wasn't gone. Um, so the most physically painful thing was also simultaneously the most emotionally painful thing. And that was like a whole eight hour freaking odyssey for me. So I won't get into that. I'm structurally the most painful, painfully physically thing. I think maybe like getting my jaw surgery and the recovery period after that, because I was just, my face was just 
huge. It looks like a 300-pound man face on the body of a 110, 20-pound, you know, teenager. Um, but also, like, being nauseous and just sick and being in my room and super bad headaches and just the whole recovery period was just a week of just horrible, you know, horribleness and, like, being, like, just out of it. So that was a very... Uh, painful recovery, but I came out a handsomer man with the perfect jaw now. <laughs> uh, that's, I guess, like surgeries are an example of where it's painful, but you will hopefully come out better on the other end um, or have more capability than you did have prior to getting the surgery. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> surgeries to make yourselves um, worse off, I guess. <laughs> maybe if you um, do surgeries on other people and you're trying to like t- harvest the organs, maybe. But Jen said Pixar didn't happen. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I destroyed all the evidence of that, so nobody could see that. Um, all right, guys, that's the end of it. Mike, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Kyle, thank you for being here. You're here slightly more often than Mike, so that's why I'm giving Mike extra love. But <laughs> thank you, too, for being here, Kyle. Um, and thank you to everybody out there watching. Uh, if you enjoyed this and you want to know more, check out Certified Life Coach Institute. Also, be sure to like and subscribe. We uh, need your support for us to be successful in our endeavors. So please, please, please uh, give us a like and a follow and tell all your friends about us if you haven't already. Uh, We certify life coaches in three days and you could take a class with one of these amazing human beings if you you did attend. Yes, Mike could be your teacher. Kyle could be your teacher. I love all my hand. I love all my hand just as you're talking. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.